0: In every situation and circumstance we face in life, we can either reign over it or surrender to it. From the very beginning, God created us to reign. But because of the fall, we forfeited our ability to subdue and have dominion over the earth. In redeeming us, the Lord Jesus has given us the power and the authority to reign in life. Good morning, church. It's great to worship God in spirit and in truth with each one of you this morning. If you joined our online service for the first time, we like to welcome you. We trust and pray that you will be blessed and ministered to this morning. Please send us an email with your feedback and your prayer requests. We love to pray for you as a church family. Every situation or circumstance which we face in life, we either reign through or over the situation or we surrender to it and let the situation have the better of us and it ultimately controls and rules our lives. But God created us to reign in life. He did not intend for us to be ruled or reigned by anything or by anyone. History narrates to us the life and reign of kings and queens. Some of their reigns were considered good because they governed well. They were not dismayed at adversity. They were lovers of peace. At the same time, they led their army during times of war. They boldly and courageously faced their enemies and did not give in to their threats of being enslaved or ruled by them. Kings were always vigilant of their enemies both outside their kingdom and those within and among their family members as well because there were many who desired the position and the authority of the throne and the status of being a king or a queen. We often don't desire or to think of ourselves as a king or a queen, but that is who we are. And that is what God's word says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Revelation 1.6 And Jesus has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. And Revelation chapter five, verse 10 says, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. From the very beginning, God created us to reign on the earth. As we read in Genesis chapter one, verse 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Who did God want Adam and Eve to subdue? He wanted them to subdue their enemy, our enemy, Satan. God did not just give a decree to Adam and Eve and leave them on their own to fulfill it, but he gave them what was necessary even before he gave them the decree. As we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, that God created man in his own image. By creating man in his own image, God gave mankind his own identity and through this identity, God was releasing on the earth his authority through man. God was extending his kingdom on the earth through mankind. Now, mankind had God's delegated authority, dominion, and power. But sadly, Adam and Eve could not hold on to their identity and their purpose. Satan tempted them in this very area. Satan told Eve, If you eat this fruit, you will become like God. And Eve fell for it. She failed to realize that she was already created in the image of God. And hence, she was like God. And hence, Adam and Eve were created like God. God is holy and righteous. He created Adam and Eve holy and righteous. God is without sin. He created Adam and Eve without sin. God will never die. So he created Adam and Eve never to die. God gave man a mind so he can know and understand what God speaks to him. God gave man a heart so he can respond to God in love and be faithful to him. God gave man a will to choose whether or not to obey God. So instead of subduing Satan, Adam and Eve now became slaves of Satan. So the first Adam lost his identity and his Let's look at the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Let's move all the way to the New Testament to Matthew chapter 4. Here we see Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. The first area that Satan tempts Jesus is in the same area he tempted Eve, the area of food. Satan told Jesus, turn the stones into bread. The second area which Satan tempts Jesus was in the area of his identity. Satan told Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Then Satan tempts Jesus in the third area, that is in the area of his purpose. Satan tells Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. But we see that Jesus overcame all of these three temptations by quoting scripture verses from the Old Testament and also because he was so sure and grounded about his identity and his purpose. Jesus often revealed who he was. Jesus often revealed his purpose, his identity to the people. When Jesus said, I have come from the Father, he reveals his identity to the people. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. The Father is in me and I in the Father. I am God's Son. Elsewhere in the Gospels, we see that Jesus told the people that he only said what he heard his father saying and he only did what his father did. We also see Jesus revealing his purpose when he said, I have come to do the will of my father in heaven. In John chapter 4 verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus was human just like any one of us but we see that he successfully reigned in life. He overcame temptation, he slept peacefully in the storm, he was not intimidated or threatened by any demon, sickness, disease, or even by Satan. Nothing was a hindrance for him to minister healing and deliverance, but with power and with authority, he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he delivered people from demonic oppression. He walked as a master over demons, sickness and death because he considered them as their enemies who he had already defeated. He did not live as a slave of Satan or sickness or disease or uh, demons. Because of the first Adam, we forfeited our ability to subdue and to reign on the earth. But the last Adam, Jesus Christ, successfully reigned in life. What does it mean to reign in life? To reign in life means to be on top and not below, to be victorious, to overcome, to take dominion, to be the head and not the tail, to rule, to rest in His all sufficiency, to subdue, succeed, be prosperous, work through problems with wisdom and favor, and to experience grace even in our handicapped and permanent situation on earth. Because Jesus succeeded in reigning in life, we are now able once more to achieve our original purpose to subdue and have dominion. Jesus' salvation accomplished in restoring our broken images. And those who have accepted his salvation have been restored to their original image and purpose. And we've been given the power and the authority to subdue our enemy and to reign in life. Can we say an amen to that? I do not hear you. Can we say an amen to that? Amen. Because God, because Jesus reigned in life, we too can successfully reign in life. Jesus has given us the power and the authority to overcome any situation, to overcome any hindrance. And on the cross, Jesus defeated Satan. He defeated fear. He defeated sin. And so we too can overcome any situation that controls us, that overpowers us. And we too can reign in life over temptation, sickness, loneliness, depression, grief, pain, sorrow, and we can overcome the fear of exams, failure, people, things, situation, because Jesus reigned in life. We too can reign in life. So how can we reign in life? To answer this question, let's look at how Jesus reigned in life. Jesus was very intimate with the Father. He often went to lonely places and spent time alone with his Father. And that is where he received his strength. That is where he heard what his Father wanted him to say. That is where he knew what his Father wanted him to do. So the first key to reign in life is to be intimate with the Father to be intimate with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to spend time reading God's word, to spend time meditating on his word in prayer and in fellowship. And when we do that, we will act, speak, think, and live as the Father wants us to. When we spend quality time with the Father, we need not be overcome by situations and problems, but we will live as overcomers. We need not live in defeat, but live victorious. We need not live as slaves, but as masters of sickness, death, and demons. Can we say an amen to that? The second key is to live out our identity in Christ. We need to know our identity in Christ so that we can live as God intended us to live, and to fulfill the purpose that God has purposed for each one of us. If not, we will live with a slave-like mentality and mindset. And you know the consequences and what will happen if we live with a slave-like mentality and mindset. What is our God-given identity? To personalize it, I'm going to list it out from God's word uh, in the first person. I'm not just an ordinary person but I'm a child of the living God. I'm not just a sinner, I'm a new creation in Jesus. I'm part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. I'm loved, accepted, saved, healed, delivered, redeemed, and forgiven. I'm victorious and triumphant because Christ shares his victory over sin, Satan, and every work of evil with me. I am a temple of God. His spirit lives in me. I am complete in Christ Jesus. I am free from condemnation. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God. I do not have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I have direct access to God. God works in me to help me to do the things he wants me to do. I can ask God for wisdom, and he will give me what I need. I am kept from falling. I am kept by the power of God. I am seated in heavenly places. I am protected from the evil one. I am secure in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am sheltered under his wings. I am the head and not the tail. I have be- been made rich. This is not a complete list. There's more in the Bible where we can find our identity in Christ. But what we need to know is that The identity that God gives us is a gift from God. We don't have to do anything to earn it. All we need to do is to simply believe, accept, and just receive it. And train yourself to say the very things that God has said in his word about us. Try reading out this list at least two or three times in a week and preferably read it out loud. Or you can write it down and post it at prominent areas of your workstation, at home, or at office. Because it will keep reminding you and you can keep declaring the truths of who you are in Christ. Keep declaring it till it becomes part of the very fabric of your being. Till it becomes so cellular in you that it becomes so much part of you that it's woven into your very personality that it affects the way we think and we live. It's not just a two-minute reciting of uh, a few statements or making declarations but it's a lifetime engagement with what God has declared or said about you. Participate in what Jesus is saying about you. Jesus said, I only say what the Father says. If we want to say, if you want to say what the Father is saying, then begin by saying what the Father is saying about you. Let's get ready to make our declaration. If you like to stand up, you could do so. Let's hold up our Bible in the air. And let's all together declare bold and strong what God has declared about us in his word. Let's all say it out together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master and to him I am in absolute surrender. I present myself as a new wineskin to receive the new wine and fresh oil being poured out on me. God releases new things and a new work of his spirit in and through me. Why is it important for us to know and understand our identity in Christ or... Why is it important for us to know who we are in Christ so we can reign in life and we can live our lives as God intended us to live? Have you ever noticed in the scriptures that God usually changes the identity of people? What do I mean by that? People often thought of themselves in a certain way, but God reveals to them who they really were or who they really are. Let's look at an example in the Bible. Let's look at the life of Gideon. Gideon was uh, terrified and scared. He was hiding in the winepress where he was threshing wheat, and the Midianites had come to raid the Israelites. And Gideon was very scared that the Midianites would take away the little wheat that he had. And so he was hiding there in the winepress. But later one day, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and the angel told Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You know, Gideon, he never even thought of himself as a mighty warrior, neither did he act like a mighty warrior. However, when Gideon began to see what God thought about him, it was then that he went on to deliver the Israelites from their enemies. Take for another example David. David was just a shepherd boy taking care of his father's sheep. No one, not even his brothers nor his father or not even David thought he would be the king of Israel. But God saw David as the king of Israel and he sent prophet Samuel to anoint him as king and we see that David went on to being the king of Israel. How do you look at yourself? Do you look at yourself as someone who is unloved, not accepted, uh, not valued? Someone who is just being used by people? Well, God does not look at you that way. God looks at you as his child who he loves very, very deeply. God's love for you is immeasurable. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can change God's love for you. You're very precious in the sight of God. He's engraved you on the palm of his hands. You are the apple of his eye and he greatly values you. Do you look at yourself as a failure? Is your failure and your weaknesses stopping you and being a hindrance from you from achieving all that God has purposed for your life? Do you feel crushed, defeated and living in self-pity? Well, God does not look at you as a failure. In Christ, you are victorious. In Christ, you are triumphant. On the cross, Jesus has made you victorious over everything. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And God keeps us from falling. And you will be the head and not the tail. Do you look at yourself as somebody who's constantly living in fear? Is fear of financial collapse or losing your job or uh, losing a relationship, um, you know, controlling you day and night? Are you in fear of being ridiculed by your faith? Are you living in fear of exams, of people, of situations, of circumstances, of, uh, of death, of grief, of brokenness? Well, God has not given us a spirit of timidity or of fear, but He's given us a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. Do you look at yourself as somebody who's constantly uh, living in, in need or in want or in poverty? As a child of God, as a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you are Blessed. As, as a child of God, you have every good thing that you need because the word of God says that you will lack no good thing. Because God is your shepherd, you shall not be in want. And the word of God also says that no good thing will be withhold from those who love him and walk according to his ways. So if you want to reign in life, the second key is to know our identity and purpose and to live out of that identity and purpose. The third key is to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. Now God created us to reflect his image in the work that we do so that people will know the God that we serve. People will know the, the, the God that we worship. And God's glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. God's glory of who he is and what he does will be known and seen and witnessed by people. For this, let us look at two examples. The first example is that of Daniel. Daniel distinguished himself from all other administrators by living an exceptional life. He had exceptional qualities and he also was very efficient in his work. That The king planned to make Daniel as an overseer or an authority over the entire kingdom. Even though the other administrators were not happy with this, they looked for grounds to bring charges against Daniel. But they could not find anything because Daniel was very sincere, faithful, committed, efficient, and excellent in his work. They found no corruption in him because he was very trustworthy. Did Daniel face any difficulty and challenges? Yes, he did. There were many people who were jealous of him, who did not like him. They, they looked for ways that they could put him away or get done with him and put him out of the way. But because of Daniel's efficient, uh, excellent, and uncompromising spirit, the God whom he worshiped, the God whom he served, was known, was revered, was feared by the people in the kingdom. So much so that the kings also issued a decree saying that that they need to worship the God of Daniel because the God of Daniel is the only God and the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the true and living God. The kings also acknowledged that the God of Daniel was a God above all gods and the living gods. In the midst of all these sufferings and challenges and in a foreign land, we see that Daniel overcame. He reigned in life. He overcame every situation and he fulfilled God's purpose for his life. Let's look at another example, Uh, the example of Paul. Paul lived a very purpose-driven life and he was considered to be one of the greatest apostles. He received a great number of revelations. But we also see that Paul suffered a great deal. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 33, Paul lists out all his sufferings. The list is on your screen. Because of the lack of time, we won't be going through the list. But Paul calls such suffering as light and momentary. Why does he call it as light and momentary? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15, Paul talks about why he endures such pain. Paul says, it's all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God. Why did Paul consider all of his sufferings as light and momentary? He considered it as light and momentary because he saw the greater purpose. He saw that through his preaching and through his teaching that many were accepting the gospel, many were coming into the faith, many were receiving salvation and also the glory of God was revealed among people and that is why he writes towards the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Fulfilling God's plan and purpose for our lives is not very easy. It comes with its own set of challenges and difficulties. But what will help us or enable us to fulfill God's purpose for our lives? What enabled and helped Daniel and Paul to fulfill their God-given purpose, to complete their God-given assignment? The first thing is they obeyed, submitted, and surrendered to Christ's reign over their life. So even as we obey, even as we surrender and submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, God will help us to reign over situations and over circumstances. The second thing is that Christ co-reigned with them. And the power of the Holy Spirit enabled and helped Daniel and Paul to fulfill their God-given purpose and assignment. Not only does Jesus co-reign with us as we live on this earth, But he has also promised that those who reign in life and those who overcome will co-reign with him during the millennium, the thousand year rule, when Jesus himself will come and establish his physical kingdom here on earth and we will rule with him. As we see in Revelation chapter 20 verses 4 and 6, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. If we succeed in reigning in life, if we succeed in overcoming all the situations that overwhelms us, that drowns us, then we will hear Jesus saying to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are there to help us and enable us to reign successfully in life. I like to call upon the worship team to lead us in a time of worship before we close the service, the time of prayer. Lord reign in me reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour you are the Lord of all us to reign in life. And if we need to reign in life, the three keys that we need to keep in mind. The first thing is that we need to be intimate with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to spend much time with God through prayer, through reading God's word, meditating and fellowshipping and worshipping God. The second key is to know and understand who we are in Christ and to live out of that God-given identity. The third key to reign in life is to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. In this difficult and challenging times that we are living in, God wants us to reign over every situation, problem, difficulties, everything that overwhelms us. He wants us to rise above every situation and fulfill his purpose for which he has created us. And we are not in this alone. Christ has given us his identity, his power and authority over the enemy as we are seated with him in heavenly places. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness, the weapon necessary for our warfare, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and the hope for the future reward when we will reign with him. So we can look forward to this future reward and this can motivate us and strengthen us to help us to run our race with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our race. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you created us to reign in life. You created us to be victorious, God, and triumphant over every work of the evil one we thank you because you share the victory of the cross with each one of us, God. We stand not with the point of defeat, but we stand at the point of victory, God. And this morning, Father, we just break every yoke, every bondage of fear, of failure, of defeat, God, that we as your people have been living in, God. Every uh, mindset, of being slaves to Satan and to fear God. We just break it in the mighty name of Jesus. We break, God, every spirit of oppression and loneliness and depression, God. Every spirit of suicide, we break it in the mighty name of Jesus. God, you came to set us free, God. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so we speak your freedom. We speak your deliverance, God. We speak your healing. We speak your wholeness over your people right now in the name of Jesus. God, even as you came to break every chain, God, to set the captives free. We pray this morning, God, that those who are in bondage and held captive by the evil one, God, the chains will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. We rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. God, we set your people free, God. We set them free, God, because you have come to give us freedom. God, you have come so that we could reign successfully in life, God. We thank you for every key that you have given to us to reign, God, with power and authority. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the spiritual weapons that you have given to us. And help us as your people to arise, God, to arise, to take hold of that which you have taken hold of us, God, to take hold of what you have given to us, God, So that we, your people, who are created in your image, God, can manifest your glory, can fulfill your purpose, God, to subdue and to have dominion on the earth. We thank you, God. We bless you. We worship you, God. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. Let's receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Have a blessed and a wonderful Sunday and a week ahead. God bless you, church.